Hi, everybody. So welcome to Digital Detox Secrets Facebook page. And I have a very special guest, Aliza Licht. Hey, Aliza. Hi. She is the author, if you don't know about it, Leave Your Mark. And she is also the executive VP of communications for Alice and Olivia, the fashion brand. But she was she was best known for her DKNY PR girl um, when she started Twitter when she was behind the DKNY brand. So Aliza, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yes. Um, so I just wanted to find out what, how you, you're in the, the social media, you're in the PR world, you're in the fashion world, and you're a mom, you're, you have a personal life. How do you balance this digital work-life challenge? What are some of the things that you're doing? Um, well, I think the easy answer to that is Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> no, but it's true. I think that, um, and, and I think anyone, I don't even think you have to do it as your job to be obsessed with it. I think so many people need this detox that you're talking about. You know, every night, you know, I start my morning. First thing I do is go on Twitter, then Instagram, then throughout the day, then at night for bed, Twitter, Instagram, but then I'll go back and forth 50 times and keep on refreshing, keep on refreshing, keep on refreshing. So it, it sort of becomes this vicious cycle of like, oh, but one more, let me just, you know, refresh one more time and just see if anything changed. So it becomes an addiction for sure. Um, and I would say that the only, you know, what I, what I think works really well, and I guess a book could work too, although I prefer Netflix, is, is really sort of taking your brain completely away into someone else's story. Um, because I also think what's very um, sort of exhausting about digital is that it's just snippets of things. It's like this all day long. And it's not like a drawn out story, right? So we used to you know, read long form texts, like in magazines, and then we read blogs. And now it's like, I mean, a tweet, I mean, yeah, it's 280 characters now, but it's still like two seconds. And like an Instagram caption is like barely three words. So our attention spans are like non-existent. And I think that I find television is the only thing that truly gets me to, to turn off. And I will say that even if I go to get a massage, my brain is still racing a thousand miles an hour on like everything that I didn't get to that day. So for me, it's definitely television. Yeah. I mean, actually my husband and I started watching Netflix just in the past year and it's true. I didn't really realize it, but it is a, so much, it is a detox. It is something that just lets your brain just like yeah. relax. Just yeah. as long as you don't get any push notifications on your iPad while you're watching it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, um, so I want to kind of break this up into work, family life, and then you have kids too. So how, how you're handling that with kids. But like we, when we're looking at work, okay, so we're at our computer, we're getting notifications like you're talking about. We're, we're trying to be creative. We're trying to write. We're trying to be engaged with somebody and be present without having like a million distractions. So how do you do it? Like what is what is your best advice? What do you, how do you do it yourself? I mean, I don't, I don't have my monitor open on social. My phone is not set with notifications. I go to it when I, I have to proactively go to my phone to check social rather than it coming to me. So I think, I mean, it's just, we're too busy during the day, I think. Um, there are certain days where I have time to go to it a lot and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just see what's happening on Instagram right now. But most of the time, like I haven't checked social in hours right now. So, but it's also not my job to do that anymore. Right. So if it was my job, then I'd be checking incessantly. 
Right. And so how do you reset? So how do you, let's, let's say you're not on social all day, but you're, you're on digital and you're, you're just going from one thing to the next. How do you reset so that Aliza is refreshed? I mean, I think that, again, it comes down to, you know, walk, being able to walk away from it, right? You get home from work and you are with your family or your friends or whomever. Uh, you go take the dog for a walk. You, you know, you sort of just do things that involve human interaction without technology. Um, and I think that that is a reset, you know, um, go take an exercise class. I think that's a great way, you know, go, you know, I think exercise classes that ban phones, like I do exhale spa for fusion. There is a phone in the room. You're like kicked out. Like there's no phones. In the room. So being able to like take that hour for yourself and be my, like being mindful, like mindful breathing, I think is really like a big luxury that you should be giving yourself. What about in your relationship? How do you, so you said you watch Netflix, but are there some other ways like going on vacation or? Yeah, I mean, like I said, no, no technology at dinner. Um, we're really strict about that. Happy hours, no technology. Um, vacations, of course. Um, I think just being present with the people you're with. You know, it's funny. I met a lot of people via Twitter back in the day. And that sort of inaugural class of, Twitter stars, if you will, we would have this um, Twitter dinner every month. And we would all put our phones in the center of the table and they were banned. And then the person who took their phone, who had to take their phone first, had to pay for everybody's dinner. So that's yeah, sort of- That's where it all started. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a way to sort of have people be present at the dinner. Um, and then, you know, I think just- being busy with other activities that don't involve your phone. And I think what's really sad right now is that, you know, even when you're on experiences, everyone is just obsessed with thinking like, okay, what's, what's my post today? Like looking around for like content instead of just like enjoying being in a beautiful place on vacation. So I think that um, we have to get back to more about enjoying things in real life and and less less so about if it's going to make good content. Yeah, one of the things I've noticed just recently is mm -hmm. that we're taking. I'm looking back on on my photos and the the photo albums that I've made, the print photo albums, and we have I have a lot less pictures yeah. on my camera roll of groups of people. Like everybody's everything's a selfie, and everybody wants to take take selfies, and nobody's actually like offering to take. Oh, here, get together and let's take a group picture. Just that's taking those candid pictures, and yeah, so I, I'm always the photographer. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I, I just feel like everybody's constantly taking selfies, and nobody's really undoing the selfie and, and focusing on what's happening around them. Yeah. So we have a question here. Loved your Core Fusion Spot Instagram today. Do you think <laughs> that working out has helped you be more productive? No, just skinnier. Skinnier. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, no, not at all more productive. What's, what makes you productive is being on top of your emails. So okay. I... Please I, tell us how you do that. It's really not easy. Um, I, so I don't... You know, this is going to sound crazy, but I don't how have... How many emails I do you have, have in your inbox? Wait, what? How many emails do you have in your inbox? Oh, I don't delete them. I don't either, seven. but people people do. People like, do you see the people that my say, oh, I'm zero in his inbox. That's just, <laughs> so does mine. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so I will not, 
go to sleep unless all the emails are checked for the day. There are some that I might see that I can't necessarily deal with in this day, but I will know it's there for tomorrow. So I, do you remember that Michelle Pfeiffer movie, um, What Lies Beneath, and, and, and the trailer was like, it's a horror, like a horror movie, and this is like hand coming out of the bathtub that goes like there. <laughs> That's how I think of emails in my inbox that I have not seen. Like, I think they are a disaster waiting to happen. So I'm very, very anal about that. Like, I look at every single email. Um, and I, what I try to do is take care of things immediately. So if like, I'm in a meeting and someone's like, oh, you know, next steps, Aliza, you know, can you do X, you know, X, Y, and Z? I literally will take out my phone or my laptop and I will do it right then and there. So I don't say like, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go back to my desk later and do that. So I, I try to take care of everything as much as I can in real time so that things don't pile up. So that's one of your secrets, doing yeah. everything in real time. Yes. And do you have a system for your inbox? Do you have them in folders or do you? No, it's so funny. Um, my PR director, Ali, and I talk about this. So I think PR people don't do that. Um, it's funny because I was saying like people in sales here have like folders and they're organized. I'm like, no, no, no. I just want everything there because I find that folders um, inhibit search. Like sometimes, like if I'm looking for something and it's in a folder, like I can't access it. Like it's not coming up in search. So I want everything there so that I can find it at any time. That is actually one of my favorite tips in your book is to make the email subject line search friendly. I mean, that yeah. is such a huge tip that goes completely missed. And if yeah. you're too general, I mean, I, we were doing an interview with um, one of the New York Times editors and they were giving out their tips. and the editor basically said that they don't delete anything. They keep everything in their inbox. They showed their, they had over, I mean, almost like 2 million or something wow. emails in their inbox. They're, but so they, huge. Yeah, they're just looking, they go and they go back, even though they never responded yeah. to that email, they go back and they search the keyword. So that, that's a huge tip of, I, of being search friendly. Yes. And in fact, a lot of times I will do, especially internally, I'll do all capitals as a subject line. So it's like, what about how do you tap into your to being creative like where do you find your creativity if you if you feel like you're not motivated and what how, what do you do for that what are your most creative moments or times i mean i think i like to look like, like I, I twitter is my i think my go-to for everything pop culture everything that's trending anything that's happening in the world so i really do sort of scour that for just seeing what's happening, what people are doing, what are people talking about. I, I've always had, you know, I've always sort of been led a lot by pop culture, as you know, to Kim Girl was inspired by Gossip Girl. And I think even back in the day, live tweeting scandal, just, you know, tapping into things that people are interested in, I think was always a barometer. And I also go by, honestly, what I like to do. Like if I feel like something is over, and then I'll ask like some friends of mine, like, are you still into this? And like, no, I'm like, okay, good. Like, I'm not either. Like, so I will sort of put those feelers out. Like, I don't know, like two, two years or a year and a half or two years ago, I was like, I'm deleting my Snapchat. Like, I'm just not, I, I don't care. I don't okay. want it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. It's obligatory. It's not for me. And like, oh. basically everyone in fashion feels the same way. Yeah. So 
that's what you think about Snapchat. That's what I think about Snapchat. Sorry, Snapchat. <laughs> um, which actually brings me to you have kids and how do you handle your kids on social and especially Snapchat? It took me, my daughter is now 16 and she was probably two years later than her kids, her friends joining Snapchat because yeah. I just didn't want her to join Snapchat. And what's very ironic is one of my students who was on the live lecture with me yesterday, she was telling me how her mom wouldn't let her go on Twitter when she was a teenager. And so it's just funny how it was Twitter then and now it's Snapchat. So how do you yeah. feel about Whole social so media. I have a 13 year old son and a 10 year old daughter and both of them. Um, my son is on Snapchat and Instagram and um, my daughter is on Instagram. And um, I would say education about safety in social media. So they're very hyper aware. So first of all, my daughter is private, of course. Um, but um, my son is not, and I would say that, you know, one of the things that I think is, you know, the number one rule for kids is explaining them to understand FOMO and why they should, like, I think the rule is, like, three or more. Like, if you're with three or more friends, but not everyone is included, then you shouldn't be posting that, especially if you're in a small school setting um, because I think a lot of times that's what's most hurtful of seeing the plans that are happening that you weren't invited to. And there's been instances where my son will just be like, I just saw, you know, so-and-so on Snapchat and they went downtown and they didn't invite me. And I'm like, okay, well, are you going to invite that person every single time you make a plan? No. I'm like, sometimes you're going to be included. Sometimes you're not. You need to be okay with that. So the other thing is that I try to, um, not make them obsessed with it. So first of all, they're they're not at all, which is great. I mean, my daughter will let her phone die for days, which is like I think That's is kind of a healthy tech, yeah. uh, technological person. Um, and my and and my son even really only uses Snapchat to read the Daily Mail, which he's obsessed with. But he, that's really, I mean, they're just not that into it anymore, to be honest. That's good. Hopefully that's a trend because there's a lot of reports and studies that are, that are coming out where, I mean, I've seen it with my daughter, mm -hmm. depression, anxiety, yeah. a lot of drama. It causes a lot of drama. Yeah. And you never used to know where you're like, think about it. When we grew up, you didn't know, you didn't see anything. If your friends had made plans and they went to the mall, you had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Right? So now it's like the whole thing. It's hard. It's hard growing up with social media as a, as a thing. It is definitely hard. So what advice, I mean, that's great advice to, to talk to your kids. And it, it it's something that I did too, but sometimes that doesn't work. Um, yeah. So what, so, what advice do you have for that? I think, I think that um, it's, it's important. Like at my school, I'm the co-president of the PA. So we had speakers come in to educate the parents because the kids all know how to use it, but the parents are pretty clueless. So making sure that the parents are aware of what their kids are doing online, I think is really, really important. I mean, even my daughter, Sabrina, had this one friend, um, my daughter posted like a happy birthday message to her and I screenshot it and I sent it to the mom and I was like, oh, isn't this cute? Sabrina posted, you know, so-and-so is, um, you know, like a birthday. Uh, whatever birthday wish and she tagged her and the mom was like 
my daughter's not on Instagram. And I'm like, yeah, she is. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. And the girl had an account, wasn't in her name. Yeah. You know? And it's like, these kids, they know how to do it. They don't need your help. But you have to be, you have to be smart enough as a parent to, uh, to make yourself understand what is happening online with your kids. Yeah, I think that that is great advice. And I see the same thing. I would say nine out of 10 of the, the parents that I know uh, in Kennedy's group are really not informed or educated and don't even know how to, to get educated. And really, I don't want to say they don't care, but they don't know that how it, critical it is and what's really happening under the yeah, lid of sure. social media. For sure. And, and I think a spot check of the phone every once in a while is really good. Just like having, you know, passwords to your kid's phone and reading through, I mean, I know this sounds like, you know, invasion of privacy, but I don't really care. Like reading through text messages, making sure that like there's no drama, I think is important and making sure they're not, you know, I'll check the Google history. I want to know like what is being searched, especially with my older um, child. Um, not every day, but every once in a while. Um, yeah. I think it's important. And, and we also, I make them all have family map um, tracking on their phones. That's great. That's awesome. So yeah, I, we have that too. Um, we use 360 or you could use family maps. So there's all, all kinds of ways to, yeah. and that actually is a huge stress reliever. Not that we're stalking each other yeah. or, you know, just even with my husband, just to like, be like, okay, like I don't have to call and say, where are you? Or, you know, how much longer are you going to be? But I, I kind of know. So it's yeah. like one I mean, way to tech to. Not. Yeah. I, I think, and I felt this way since it, as it's a post 9-11 mentality. I think if God forbid something happens in the world, you want to know where your family is. Like, and it's just easier to have it. Yeah, that's a good point. It is, it is, it's definitely post 9-11. And I think that's a, that's uh, makes us all, puts us all at ease. So we have another question. When you're under a lot of stress at work, how do you prevent yourself from having a breakdown? Um, well, I would say that I don't take it very seriously in the sense that we're not saving lives, number one. Number two, I'm not the owner of the company. You're not the owner of the company. Whomever asked that question is probably not the owner of the company. And I think that no one, probably the answer is that you don't get paid enough to make work affect your health. So I, you know, I want to do the best job possible and I take my job seriously. But at the end of the day, it's not more important than my life, my family, my friends, um, my lifestyle. So I would say that I do everything in my power to perform at the best possible level. But shit happens. And I think that, you know, you just try to learn from the mistake and figure out how you can not make it again. And that, I think, is the most important thing. Yeah, that's great advice. So you've given a lot of your time the past hour between my class and Digital <laughs> Detox Secrets. So are there any last, you know, something that I haven't asked, a Digital Detox Secret, something that, that you do at work or at home or with your kids that you want to share? Um, I, would, I, I would say just in general, like, as, as much as we're all, like, super cognizant of our social profiles and, by the way, there, we all talk about the negativity of social, but there are great positives. It's a great way to network. It's a great way to keep in touch with your contacts, um, especially professionally. Um, but I would say don't lose sight of IRL, right? It's like 
be in the moment as much as you can with whatever you're doing. Like you're at an event and you're, you're experiencing something and it makes a great picture. Take the picture, then put the phone away. Great but, advice. You know what I mean? Like capture yeah. it, put it away, and then enjoy the experience. Definitely. Well, everybody follow Elisa Licht on, on Twitter. And here is her book, Leave Your Mark. It's excellent. It was required reading for my class, so it's, I highly recommend it. Making it required reading. Oh, yeah. We love it. Everybody loves it. They, I mean, Andy, who works for me, I, I told you about Andy. He's the one that told me about how yeah. the similarity. So yeah. literally, he showed me your book, and he has it all, like, tabbed and, like, you know. Uh, that's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people, it's funny. I, I intended it to be tabbed and highlighted, and I actually, when I did the first um, release, I was like, can we sell it with a highlighter? And they were like, that's, like, logistically difficult for us. I was like, okay, maybe. <laughs> no, that's such a good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, I'm really glad. I'm honored to have it be like a school textbook that's amazingly flattering. So thank yeah. you so much. I think there'll be more. I think there'll be more. More what? More schools re using this as required reading for social oh, media. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I was like, yeah, there's not going to be more books. I don't know about that. No more oh, books? No, it actually, is, it is in a lot of schools, to be honest. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe it. It should be. Yeah. It should be. But any more books coming from you or... I mean, I did, write five, I did write five new chapters for this book. The one yeah. Book, and I yeah, did update the whole manuscript. And honestly, I can't read that book again. It's like I've read it no. 50,000 50, times. Um, uh, I don't think so. You know, I it took 18 months from start to finish to do that book. I much prefer writing for Forbes. I have a piece coming out in the New York Post soon. Like, I like to write when I feel passionate about something, and then I want to get it right out. So I feel like one and done, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, keep us posted. And thanks for sharing all your social PR secrets. Thank you. And, and if anyone's reading it, share it on Instagram because I'm, I'm, I've been posting um, people's stories because um, so many people are sharing it. And it's so fun now that you can add it to your own story. Yep. So that's, okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely do that. All right. Thanks, Aliza. Thank Have a great you. rest of the night. Have a great happy hour. Okay. Bye. Bye.